Sci-fi. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Life Sci-Fi with Wade and Willie. I'm Wade. I'm Willie. This is a Starburns Audio Produced podcast that has been called Sometimes Thought Provoking by Eric, A-A-R-C-K, on Apple Podcasts. If you have a five-star review, leave it on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it on the air. And hey, subscribe to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Sci-Fi. Get access to two bonus episodes a week. Uh, let's welcome aboard the SSRLSF, our friend, illustrator, and animator, Nolan Fabricus. Fabricus? It's like Abacus, right? Fabricus. There you go. Yeah, Fabricus. But if you said Fabricus, I wouldn't wouldn't object either. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. I was shocked to be asked, honestly. Yeah, well, you know, I think I talked to you when we started, and then five years went by. (laughs) Yeah. Was that... When we had the Starburns Castle venue, yeah, yeah, that around then, yeah, 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 that was a trip, huh? <laughs> that was that was fun. It was so short lived, but we we had we had a comedy venue in Burbank for six beautiful months. The fire marshal shut us down uh, as we were loading in for a sold out harm in town, and as I walked out of the venue for the final time that night, the mountains behind Burbank were on fire, and it was like. The fire marshal shut down this venue while the Burbank is actually burning down. (laughs) Like what? Did did one of the neighbors complain? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's Burbank in a nutshell. (laughs) He was probably delivering some water to put out the fire in his helicopter. (laughs) And then he just took a pit stop and he was like, wait, why is this group uh, unlawfully assembling in this uh, non-fire code building? They're like, do you have permits? I was like, I think so. I'm not the permit guy. And the <laughs> permit guy was trapped on a ride at Universal Studios that had broken. Oh, shit. So he, like, shit. lost cell phone signal. I think it was Jurassic Park, maybe, that, like, he lost cell phone signal and didn't get any calls and just was sitting in a dark and broken amusement park ride. You know, I've never been trapped. I, I don't go on that many rides, but I've never been trapped on a ride. But, like, I – probably more than anything think about being trapped on a roller coaster upside down oh eventually, eventually you're going to pass out and so like yeah. you have to climb down oh my god now i'm gonna freak out about that that sucks <laughs> thanks for nothing there was this we had this ghetto park in our in close to our hometown well in, in denver we had two theme parks growing up bush one, gardens one was eliches eliches and then one was Lakeside Park, and Lakeside Park was ghetto, and they had a roller coaster sail off and land in the lake, and some people died. <laughs> like, I was always like, "Oh, this is a fucking ghetto park." And when you when we went there in high school, you know, there were you know, it was the dirtier version. It was the gang members were hanging out there. It was that's that's wild. I I used to be a big fan of this band from Ohio called Two Cow Garage. And they had a song that at the county fair in their hometown, you know what the Gravitron is? It's just kind of like a dish. You're on the walls. (laughs) It just spins and you're on the walls on the inside of it. In their song, the Gravitron came off its, on its like mount and it rolled around the fairgrounds and killed 30 people. And uh, they, they play that song live and they tell you that that's true. And they wrote a song about it and then you can't find any news stories about it. (laughs) Anyway, but I was like fascinated if a gravitron could really come off its 
I, yeah, I always heard that too. I wonder if these are urban legends because I remember hearing the lakeside because it was by a lake, and I always heard that that the roller coaster like went off and landed in the lake. But I'd never, you know, that was before the time where you would just like news news checks. Yeah. So mm. I wonder if that's real or not. Was you Elitch's know, called Bush Gardens? I think we went to Bush Gardens in Denver. I don't. I don't think we had a Bush Gardens. Damn, I'm doing. Um, something's wrong. Yeah, we, we didn't have Bush Gardens. The first I heard of Bush Gardens was like when I went to Florida or something with my family on vacation. Are you from Denver too? Yeah. Well, from oh, awesome. We're both from Loveland, which is like a small town north of Denver. I, I have a first cousin in Loveland, uh, and I'm from Northwest Kansas, so I'm sort of. We're sort of regional buddies. You can see where I'm from from the top of Pikes Peak. I know that. Well, Nolan, I don't know how how much you are into like these conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Um, one way that we sort of like check that is the Wow Scale. It stands for Waiter Willie. Uh, it's a it's a five question test, and it's a spectrum from zero to five. If you're a zero, you're more of a Wade. If you're a five, you're more of a Willie. Are you ready to take the Wow Scale? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, scale. Are you a wed or are you a willy? Okay, the first question is a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in aliens? If so, have they visited Earth? If so, have they visited Earth in the last 300 years? Those are all three confirmatives. All of them, you believe them all? Yeah. Okay, question number two. Do you believe in ghosts? No. not Nothing as simple as ghosts. Um, okay, were you raised religious at all? This isn't part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was raised Catholic. It didn't take, but my mom tried really hard. Okay. Where'd you say you're from, Kansas? Yeah, Northwest. Right. Uh, question three. Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. Okay, question. Well, what about any of the cryptozoological creatures? It's tough. It's like I'm I'm like the Skinwalker Ranch style ones where it's like I don't I don't think there's any naturally occurring ones we haven't discovered except for maybe in the oceans, but like we're talking Skinwalker Ranch and some of the the bizarro wildlife and invisible wildlife like that have been reported from there. There's like if there's portals or metaphysics involved, I'm like all about cryptids. But when we're talking about evolved on the same tree of life that we come from, no. Okay. See, this is why I asked the follow-up, because you just ticked yourself up a couple points just by knowing what Skinwalker Ranch is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Question four. Do you believe in psychics? Yes. Really? Yeah. Do you visit psychics? Oh, no. We're talking about fortune teller. Like, I thought just like a broadly, like, it is very broad. I'm just wondering. Yeah. I'm trying to pinpoint what you'd believe. No, I don't believe in like the like, you know, the Hollywood hand print sure. with the eye and the hand neon sign. Like I don't yeah, believe the in side like, of the highway. Kinda. Yeah, kind of like fortune tellers. But I do think the human mind is like huge, huge, huge untapped potential, and uh, some people kind of trip and fall into uh, abilities and uh, things we don't really understand. There. Okay. Last question. Are you superstitious? Uh, no. Okay, not superstitious. Um, eh, three. Yeah, 3. I would five. 
I was, I just, I get, I thought you were going to ask me to guess a number before this started. And I would have said, I would have said 2.5. Okay. So maybe a three then. We'll figure out a three. Word. I'll take it. Um, but I can tell that you are, you're kind of more into this stuff because you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. you know, the shorthand, you know, the vernacular, uh-huh. um, is this something that is like, you believe in all aliens or are you believe in all of the, the three alien questions I asked, do you believe in mm-hmm. certain races of aliens? No, I don't. Hmm. That's the, I, I don't want to commit to that. Like, I don't think. Do you know those, like, um, you get, like, Star Wars and you get the cantina scene and you walk through the cantina and you're like, oh, my God, look at that thing. That thing's wild looking. Oh, that thing, like, aliens look to all different shapes and sizes in the in the Star Wars universe. But in Star Trek, they're all bipedal and they all have human features with different things stapled onto their heads and stuff. I like, if life evolved organically on other planets, then you'd have more of a cantina than a Star Trek. And I think most of the nomenclated alien races, like the greys and the fucking tall whites, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's a real, it feels like a lack of imagination to me. But maybe that makes it more true that these aliens are so dull in well, their... It's weird because there is the spectrum of everybody talking about all different kinds of things that they've seen. Mm-hmm. And um, well, hang on. That's an interesting point because you live in this world where people talk about things that they've seen. What's the what? What is what is the? Because we also talk about these aliens, like Nolan was saying, like the tall whites and the tall grays, or whatever the short grays, the little greens, the extra reds. Yeah, the Nordics and the reptilians <laughs> and. Um, are, but those are all bipedal, right? Those are all like kind of yeah. Yeah, they're all they're all two arm, two leg. A lot of them are said to have four fingers. Some of them are said to have claws. But I'm an illustrator and character designer, and I draw aliens for fun. And I just can't believe whatever aliens exist would be shaped like us so closely. Well, so what and- in this what in this world that Willie you live in? Like, what's the weirdest alien that people talk about seeing? Well, um, okay. So like, I, I would say that in the realm of this, there are basically three different types of reptilians. One of them are the ones that are in the government. I don't, I don't believe in those ones. The, the, the V the covering the skin, the, the, mm-hmm. um, there's the dr- draconian ones that are from draconia, uh, a star, a close, a closest, closest, star uh and then there's these underground reptilians that you know kind of could have been a dinosaur race that escaped like mario brothers but um um so for anybody who's been abducted they talk about an insectoid so it's like there's the grays that are like handling them and then usually there's a person a human, a humanoid looking, a human looking humanoid, and a weird insectoid thing, and they talk about uh, uh, like a praying mantis style, but that's still a bipedal creature. Yeah. What? So, I'm I'm inclined to believe in 
greys, but not greys as aliens. Like there's probably a nomenclated theory about this, but greys must be like time traveling humans, right? That that's well, like the track of our evolution as our heads get bigger and our physicality diminishes. So that's that's one idea. One idea is is that they are basically the equivalent of a robot AI that was created by an alien race and um that they actually don't that they actually don't have souls they're they're actually just robots and I'm like well if you're going to make a robot look like a gray why wouldn't you make why wouldn't you then also make one that looks yeah, like that's a human not, that that doesn't track if you were going to make a robot you wouldn't you wouldn't engineer it like that like presuming yeah. gravity works the same if for you're going to make like, a, 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 a a robot that is going to work for you you wouldn't design it like that. You'd either design it like yourself so people aren't like offended by it or more like a robot. <laughs> yeah, like look at look at Boston Dynamics like robot dog. It's like we've come up with a better situation for dog legs. These dog legs are more efficient than an actual dog's leg. We've outmoded nature's evolution and like you know what I'm saying? If you're going to make yeah, yeah. a robot you're going to make it as efficient and as capable as possible. And when you look at the traditional image of a gray, there's nothing that improves upon the yeah yeah two leg two arm design. So they get no advantage. Like if you're going to make a robot, it better be able to do something more than you can do. <laughs> right. But I do I, even even that dog. Uh, like why not use wheels or why not? I mean, you could even just go to drones at this point, right? Like why not just make them fly? Like, why would you limit think, them to? I think flight, flight has, like, you see, like, tech videos of, of things flying and drones flying, but operational, like, battery capacities capped at a pretty low point. You can't do that for very long. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because this all falls in line with where we're going. And so. Okay, Willie, hit us with uh, what we're talking about tonight. Tonight on Real Life Sci-Fi, ex-NASA scientist says there are ring makers of Saturn. Actual things that make the rings of Saturn. Is there any validity to this? Could there be an advanced society living within our solar system? Find out more of that tonight on Real Life Sci-Fi. We're going to talk about this guy. His name is Dr. Norman Berggren. He wrote a book in 1985-86 called The Ringmakers of Saturn. He was above top secret, and he is a, uh, an engineer, a scientist. He's worked, he worked for Lockheed. He, he worked for the precursor of NASA. He worked for NASA. He's got plenty of things published. You can find this shit on the NASA website. He's a fucking smart, credible dude. And then he writes this book called The Ringmakers of Saturn. He had access to a lot of the photos from Voyager 1, Voyager 2, and, you know, all the Apollo missions, and, and he could look at anything. He subscribes to the idea that NASA edits their photos before they release to the public. He still says that there are a lot. Now, he's passed away. He passed away at 96, um, I think less than a decade ago. Uh, 2018, I think. I oh, read. yeah, yeah. It's pretty... Re okay. He he claims he had one attempt on his life. Me looking back... At, by an alien? Uh, by a secret government. 
trying to shut him up. Yeah, he's pretty cagey in in the interview, and uh, you know, a lot of people in the comments are saying he's that cagey because he knows how high the stakes are and he knows how bloodthirsty the powers that be are to protect the things he's witnessed. And I don't know, just broad strokes. Like he, he doesn't seem that blown away by anything he's witnessed. There's still a lot of unknowns where they were like, so you saw the, uh, so wait, 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 time oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I sent no one uh, a, an interview to watch. This was, Norman getting interviewed. He was like 90 at the time by Project Camelot. They're big uh, in the conspiracy theory realm. That I mean, there were a lot of issues with the video, including the fact that the interviewer is really trying to like push all these different conspiracies on him. And so there's a lot of wasted time in the interview instead of just letting him talk. Mm-hmm. I watched a few other things that he did too, but um. um in this interview particularly, it was just mishandled and she would ask him a question that would be so they'd have they had to explain to each other a lot what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. He there was there wasn't a baseline understanding of like we are talking about the specifics of your book or your work. It was kinda like she wanted him to sign off on his credentials and then she would be like and then the Prometheans and he's like, what? And she's like, that is a moon of Saturn, right? And he's like, yeah. And she's yeah. like, what do you think about the race that inhabits that moon? And he's like, listen, that's that's getting your cart ahead of your horse. And he's 90, and he's <laughs> trying to, like, stay on track. And she's trying to pull him a different direction. So it was pretty – it was a frustrating watch, but nothing about it read as, like, nakedly false or dishonest. Like, he – um comported himself with a lot of integrity and like you could watch him kind of at 90 dodge these effects of, or the attempted salacious solicitation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Of the lady. So like You're basically trying to get him to slip up just to get yeah. like, like sound bites that like supported their shit. It was, it was kind of offensive. So when I like, let's say 2006, 2007, the, the, the Mayan like 2012, conspiracy theory was like the the hottest shit and i was super into that i was like 22 and i was like were you into um terrence mckenna's time wave or or were you into um the 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 serious uh the 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 binary system yeah the the earth's magnetic pole switching yeah so the magnetic field goes inside the earth before it re-emerges backwards and while the magnetic poles were or the magnetic field was it like condensed and within the earth's crust we are susceptible to like solar storms and sunspots um really bad the prediction was that as the magnetic field is doing it's like 20 year flip or whatever we're gonna experience a a crazy solar storm and it's gonna wipe out everything we've built on the surface of the earth functionally it burns yeah, out yeah. circuits and stuff basically so like, em, emping the earth yeah and it was it's not so far out there it was it was kind of a doom and gloom like i was doing data entry for an insurance company and didn't know what i was doing with my life and didn't know what my future looked like and i like a lot of that stuff you can see today of uh 
kids getting super into conspiracy theories. A lot of it is economic uh, anxiety and trying to know something that the wider world doesn't know yeah, to reinforce yeah. your own uh, image of yourself. But I didn't see a lot wrong with the 2012 thing, but now that we're in 2020, it's kind of an eye roll thing, right? It's kind of like I'm annoyed with my younger self for – because I was there was a website called Alienshift.com. Yeah, ever yeah. About that uh-huh. one? No, we never go, talked about it, but yeah, I've been I used to go to it. I used to go there a lot and would like you could watch like YouTube was brand new. So you would just watch like embedded videos that wasn't even YouTube of like people giving hour long interviews about being abducted and meeting the president's illegitimate half alien son while they were abducted. Like it was over the top, but it was delivered so sincerely and people would cry and really like something about it being shot on low quality cameras. Like it was a, a terrifying uh, load of stuff to watch and believe in for a long time. But it seemed like this guy in the video we watched was there was an attempt to drag a credible, like upright person into that world. That was like, weird for me because i kind of left alienshift.com in 2007 yeah but it's like it's still there well it's i i think what was i mean to my my me watching this makes me say like oh wow here's still this guy's fucking intelligent Mm -hmm. and and i don't feel like he's lost any of his marbles and so so that's the whole thing is here you have a guy trying to tell people for years that somebody's making the rings of Saturn and he has different messages too, you know, in that he's saying that like he, he's basically, I know they talked about this in the interview, but he does a better job in a different video where he's like, he says that it's all coming to a critical mass that like basically shit's going to go down. So, so here, here, um, let me, let, let, let's go in this direction. Um, well, first off, Wade, did you ever go to any of those uh, weird websites back then? No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a part of the internet you only find if you're like actually looking for this stuff. Yeah. So, so here's this guy, works for NASA, has plenty of things published. Unlike Bob Lazar, I only parallel him to Bob Lazar because they basically tried to erase his identity and, they, and he still had proof of his identity working at these places. Mm-hmm. He he just worked at NASA, or whatever, and his they didn't take down his papers. And we know that there are people out there where their job is to spread disinformation. And this guy was above top top secret. He was a guy that was important, and he had access to a lot of crazy shit. And he still doesn't reveal stuff. He's not like on his debt. Even at 90, he's not on his deathbed spilling everything. He's like, well, I don't want to find out what happens if I say the wrong thing. And he still, in 85, 86, has a book that's saying like, hey, somebody made these rings. And so his evidence of this stuff is on the electrical engineering side of things, where he's like, listen, I've seen these pictures. I don't talk about what ifs. When, when he talks about when you hear him talking about John Lear or Richard Hoagland, these are guys in this realm. He's like, these guys are making conjectures. These guys are trying to say theories. And he's like, I only will tell you how I see it. So he 
will show you pictures and say, this is being, this is an electrical device. Now he says that these, these things that are creating the rings are vehicles, but he doesn't, he's not saying that it has to be a craft. You know, he says that we could be vehicles too, but he says that these things are so big. He said they blocked out the rings like end to end, like, that they are at least as big as the diameter of the rings of Saturn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so he tries to using electrical engineering say, Hey, look, if you have a conductor, there would be this type of energy around this and there would be this magnetic field. Well, hold on. Let me back up for one second. When he says that these vehicles are making these things, he's, he uses the word nurses. Cause he's like, he, he's not going to say that these are just crafts you can fly in. This could be an entity. Mm-hmm. Not not just a craft. That's that's. I just want to point that out. And so he's saying that like these entities, these crafts, are creating the rings on Saturn, and and there is proof of the electrical energy needed to create these things. And he and he says that it's pinched plasma. And so I mean, my thing is like, there's two directions we can. Well, I don't know. I mean, what's your take, Nolan? Do you like? So one thing one thing he said that was uh, I don't know. I'd stop short of saying red flag. But he said that there didn't used to be rings around Uranus, and now there are. That he's saying they've made huge progress by making rings on Uranus as well. And I think we've only recently been able to see the rings around Uranus because the technology we've sent out there has been more sensitive, right? That these rings aren't a hard, fast thing that, like, I don't – the thing is – the guy is very smart and he correctly doesn't and very intentionally doesn't draw any conclusions from what he's observed. He's observed some stuff and he's like, this doesn't make any sense. And no one like can really tell you what we're observing, but I've seen some huge shapes and I've seen some energy signatures uh, on Voyager's data that's like out there. Now, I would also say that planetary rings are a natural phenomenon if you are just working backwards from the rules of gravity. That, like, it's not a coincidence that planets and stars are all spheres because that is an expression of gravity's function in our space-time. Discs, like galaxies are shaped like discs, right? There's a mathematical why a galaxy gravity pulls the matter into that shape, but on a more local level into spheres. Well, here's the craziest thing about that. The reason why there are planes, planes exist on, 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 around spinning objects when electrical energy is present. So when, yeah. you, when you have power going through a cable – there is a rotational energy around that cable. And mm-hmm. so um, around a sphere, that'll, that'll flatten to, to a, a, a plane. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy to say that and then go, oh, well, that means that this planet is an electrical device. And so that's, the, mean, broad, that's the broad thing. It kind of like, can't not be an electrical device, right? Because we have moisture in our atmosphere, like – adheres to itself so then we get clouds and then enough of it is rubbing up against enough of it just well, just water vapor 
and create static electricity. And then we see huge amounts of electricity manifest from scratch that because Saturn is a gas giant, there's no way you're not having all that gas generate crazy amounts of static electricity in the same phenomenon we see here. But it would be curious then why Jupiter doesn't. Jupiter is famous for its storms and its atmospheric turbulence, right? Jupiter does have rings. We just can't see them. Um, Right. Which is what, how Uranus would have been classified. Yeah. Yeah. Had we had the technology up to that point. So I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's not positing anything concrete, right? Which is why I kind of bristle at grays and Nordics and these firsthand accounts of human interaction with aliens, because they're saying something very specific. And the more specific you get, the more easier it is to disprove it, where he's like, I observed some wild stuff. And me, Nolan Fabricus, having not read his book, I'm at a disadvantage. I've watched that interview. But watching the interview was just like, I should have read the book. Well, I, I yeah, it was, it was very quick, though. I mean, we could, we could yeah. both read it and come back and revisit this. But so, so here's I mean, the thing. I probably will. In the in the thing that I the other thing that I saw where he was speaking at a, at a UFO con and I, I don't know when this was from but he was what he had he had dark hair it was a lot a long time ago um he may have died it too but whatever mm-hmm. um so in this in that sense he was showing NASA photos of the moon and saying like these are anomalies that I've seen and they're anomalous in such a way to just say hey. They're not telling you the truth. And then he showed videos or pictures of Mars and within some of his pictures of Mars. So he has, because he's saying that the ring makers of Saturn, that this is some electrical energy stuff going on. Like there's a picture of Mars where he says, look, this is happening on Mars, whether you see the rings or not. And then, Hey, look, even on the moon, even pictures from the, uh, from Apollo 13 of the moon, there is evidence of this stuff happening there too. And so he's kind of coming out. So he, here he is saying like, hey, NASA's not being honest with you. Here's some proof. Voyager 1 comes out. Um, um, here's some pictures. They, they claim that the rings, the rings around Saturn are basically primordial stuff left over. Voyager 2 comes out and they say, oh, these are just broken up moons. But on Voyager 2, they had a plasma probe ring detector on it. And so that means that they had to have known after Voyager 1 that the rings were made up of plasma. And, and so he, he basically claims that whatever these things are, they are taking, he says from the pictures, it looks like this craft will fly out and leave exhaust and this pinched plasma is left around the planet. So he's saying that they're doing this on purpose and there are different sizes of these orbs and, and cigars, giant ones, small ones. And he says from the pictures that he's seen, he would use the word that they're nursing from this energy saying that like comparable to mama bird puts this exhaust around this planet Baby bird eats the exhaust and grows bigger. I, you know, I don't know how to go in any. He's saying there's there's other cigar ships that are consuming the rings after the the larger ones lay lays them down. Cigar lays it down. Little orb eats it up. 
Oh. And and so even between the Voyager, uh, both Voyager missions, 77, that they would say the size of the rings and they would say what they were made up of. And then after the next one, they said what they were made up of and, and how big they were. Answers were totally different. And they never said anything about plasma, yet they had a plasma probe detector on the second Voyager, and they've never they've never said plasma. So he's like, look, they are lying to you. This is where I'm going to go. Wait, define plasma. What's plasma? Well, plasma is, is another form of, it's a state of matter. You've got gas, liquid, solid, and plasma. Plasma is... Basically, this, the sun is made of plasma. There, I don't think there's really any plasma on Earth because I think it's so hot. It's different than what we would or cold donate from within our blood <laughs> yeah. to to make rent, <laughs> right? Plasma can be artificially generated by heating a neutral gas or subjecting it to a strong electromagnetic field to the point where an ionized gaseous substance becomes increasingly electrically conductive. So it's like. It's kind of a gas that's electrically conductive. I yeah, guess. yeah. On a topic like this, it's weird because sure, I've taken in too much and I don't know where to go. And I know, Wade, you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so so I just want to jump bigger so we can actually have a conversation about it. So what, what his claim is, so we've talked about this before. There are different types of civilizations that we think could exist in the, in the universe. And we thought that this was a Star Trek thing, but this was actually uh, made up by Nikolai Kardashev in 1964. And I think Star Trek stole it. But a type zero society does not consume the amount of energy that the sun puts out. And that's where we are. No matter how technologically advanced we are, we basically use seven-tenths of the energy that the sun gives us. This is just a this is just a, a technology comparison that we don't consume the amount of energy that the sun puts out. Type one civilization, their energy consumption equals the sun. Type two, the solar system. Type three, you would consume the amount of energy that a galaxy, then universe. So he's saying, if there was a race of beings that lived either in the universe or in our galaxy or in our solar system that was a type two or three civilization. I mean, this is this is what it would look like. Some people have seen crafts. I, you know, it's weird. I say some people. There's videos out there that says, hey, look, this giant craft that looks bigger than the earth pulled up to the sun, sucked out some plasma and took off. And he's saying around Saturn and around some of these other planets now, Neptune, Jupiter, the, our moon, that like there's there could be a, a civilization that is just doing their own thing. Maybe this is a gas station. The presumption, you know? yeah, is the presumption that you can you can use the mass of a of a planet-sized object to create these rings, and the rings then generate electricity from scratch. What what makes this all plausible is that the guy did not come to any conclusions. He's like, right? It's yeah. like he's not saying they are they're creating plasma rings for their smaller ships to gas up. No, he go. he does. Well, he doesn't say, yeah, he doesn't make the conclusions. He says, look, I've in the pictures I've seen, I've seen parallel lines cut. I've seen the rings stop, which, which is him saying, let, 
Well, this is where they're starting because you can see the exhaust. You he's can saying see they're the being rings. he's saying they're being three D printed in real time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And that he's seen pictures of smaller ones on the inner side, and then like bigger ones coming from the outside. So, from all the pictures that he's seen, that's how he's describing it. So he says, "Oh, it, he uses the word nursing because he doesn't want to just use the word fueling up." You know, like 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 picture us ma- creating energy or you're harnessing energy. What if you could do that on a planetary scale? You know, Jupiter's kicking, like even earth is kicking out energy. So like, let's yeah. say you're this ancient civilization. You're like, Oh, we need some, we basically need gas. These planets kick them out. We just show up, put some plasma out there and then we just gas up and go. So like, that's about what it would take, right? That like when they talk about macro amounts of energy, they're saying like, well, wormholes could hypothetically enable time travel. Well, how do we make a wormhole? Well, it would take more energy than a thousand suns, right? They're like, it would take such a ludicrously large amount of energy. It's just kind of off the table yeah, for us. Um, yeah, totally. And, and so that's the thing is like when he explains things, his, his, he's got a mind that can grasp this stuff. He tries to explain even how, how Einstein got to explaining his the, the theory of relativity by just being like comparing it to you know we're doing geometry in order for his mind to come up with that he had to think of 10 dimensions geometries mm-hmm. too and and so basically the whole thing is that like he has an idea that whatever is making these rings there's electrical energy there and he says look here is proof of that electrical energy so from his from his mind, he has proof of what he believes in. And and so the crazy thing to me is, if this were all true, I don't think that he would be alive unless he had wrong information also. So you think he would be dead if he had cracked the code and was was making it public? If he only was revealing nothing but truth. Yeah. Hey, he can go say his things, but it, but he has to have some misinformation there too. So they kind of leak some fake things to him too, so that he's not right about everything. That's what I yeah. think. Well, my question is, why would you build a gas station directly outside of your planet? Like, why wouldn't you gas up before you left? Why would you leave just to the point where you're outside of your planet? Is it like uh, when you go to Vegas and you... You don't want to stop for gas in Vegas, so you <laughs> so you go like twenty miles out and then yeah. stop for gas. Like, what what would be the point of having like a fueling station that close to your planet that you couldn't just do on your planet? Well, I I mean, my take is I don't think that that's their planet. I think they're doing all the planets, and so he so he was kind of saying this thing where it's like, hey, if they were to do that here, I mean, this is him kind of trying to whistleblow, saying like. It's going to start happening here. And when that. But that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had rings? Who would care? He's saying that the rings would ruin our way of life because it would mess with the. um, Bring it on, man. Our way of life sucks. Well, I mean, I I think that he was kind of trying to say that Mars is fucked up because. I mean, the thing is, is Mars lost its atmosphere. See, Mars is weird because it's moons aren't even spheres mars's moons didn't even hit that amount of mass so like there was a theory that mars only has frozen water on its surface because 
it, lo- it its molten core stopped convecting. The convection of the molten core is what generates our magnetic field. And the theory was that in Mars, the molten core had stopped convecting in like what was molten, like the intense gravity kept all the friction, blah, 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 kept all the iron in liquid form. So it convected and convected and affected on the engine of gravity that Mars has stopped for some reason or another. And then once your magnetic field goes away, the solar wind sweeps all the moisture off the surface of your planet into space. Now it's weird because the planet still has a ton of gravity. So you, there's math there. Right? It's like yeah. solar wind yeah. versus gr- the gravity well of Mars, but the frozen water is still there on Mars, but only the frozen water. Um, and there's evidence, there's geological evidence of uh, volcanoes and rivers and waterfalls. Like Mars has evidence of all that stuff and something happened to shut down the natural processes that are happening on earth. They did happen on Mars. They have not happened on Mars in, I don't know how long, but the geo, the geological evidence for those phenomenon are still observable in Mars. So is the theory that like Mars had rings and it, it kind of ruined the planet? Well, he, uh, he doesn't say anything about that, but he says that, um, one of the pictures they took of Mars proves that 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 same ring energy exists there, and because there's no atmosphere, anything electrical on there would not work so well. And he says, "Well, that's why our rovers don't work there, because these rings are being made there too, and it's it's messing with their ability to to work. It's basically like when you put the rings on something, it messes with everything electrical on the planet." There's a there's a level of Star Trekness here too, where it's like. You've got the the prime directive, which is is it do no harm? What is it? Where they're like not uh, they, allowed to interfere have, with. Yeah, if, if they don't have warp technology, they can't interact. Yeah, this this whole process is kind of engineered just outside of the scope of what your lay person can observe. Yeah. So, like, that's to me. I mean, that's what makes it a conspiracy, right? That's like to me. I'm a lay person. Uh, we, I live next door to Pasadena where they got J, they got JPL, they got Caltech, they got, they got the, the world leading aerospace stuff is happening in these yeah. neighborhoods we live in, right? That like, so what is observed and what is classified and what is what? It's just a highly specialized subsection of human beings can observe these phenomena. And this guy happens to be a person who came from that professional sphere. Um, I keep losing my train of thought. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, on top of that, yeah, he, half of the things he's talking about would make sense if you were in, in those studies, you know, so, or if you studied that shit and, and um, I can listen to him and be like, well, he sounds like he's telling the truth. I don't think out of respect, they wouldn't not kill him if he was revealing stuff, but, and so he's that's very, the- he seems very Asperger's too, which means he doesn't enjoy at least in that interview, he does not kind of enjoy the attention he's getting. You yeah, know, yeah. he's like, he's kind of annoyed. Oh, and his book, his book price was so expensive because he doesn't print that many. His 1971 mm-hmm. book, he printed 26 copies of it. 25 of them went missing. I don't know what happened to him. For this book, like uh, right now it's for sale for $600, but he talked about it being a uh, thousand because it was just like. He's got to self-publish. Yeah. Which is like, holy shit. 
I mean, this guy sounds like a total loser. <laughs> I kind of like he can't even he can't even get a book published. <laughs> and he's got all these credits of being like this scientist, and he can't get a book published. That's the conspiracy. Know. The government doesn't want it published, and you're swimming against the the current at that point. But in in the realm of secret government, will suicide people? Because he's alive makes him not credible to a lot of people because he lived so long, you know? But that's kind of a black pill attitude, right? That like if that if that is a hundred percent true about everyone who has classified secrets, A, no one's gonna take that job. And B, like my brother fought in um Iraq and Afghanistan, and he was a spy plane pilot, and he keeps secrets from me, his older brother. Like, he's not in the military anymore. He's just yeah. like, you don't want to know what I know. It's not going to make you happy. It's not going to – he's like, maybe I'm doing you a favor too. Uh, because that's got to be stuff like, oh, we killed a bunch of people we that didn't oh, need to be killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. But I'm just saying there's like, there's like a military discipline where not only do they follow orders to keep things classified, they understand the need for classification because they have learned – to be faithless in your lay person, John Q. Public, you know. Oh, man. Anyway. Well, why wouldn't you blatantly suicide somebody who is wrong about everything so that everyone would believe everything they said? And I think that's happened, too. I mean, there's a critical mass of that, right? That, like, you couldn't, there's, you couldn't do that indefinitely because someone's going to connect the dots. We've got the Internet. People are – there's, like – no one's allowed to collect data on gun violence death, but private citizens are doing their damnedest to do it anyway, because we've got the internet and we've got the means to like, to generate our own like correlative data. Um, You couldn't just, you couldn't just kill whistleblowers over a 50 year plan. That's why I think that they're like, they're showing us now the, 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 the footage, the pilots have, submitted right the navy yeah. pilots they're acknowledging hey we've observed these things and we don't know what they are they're just dipping their toe in the waters of disclosing what is gonna become but there's no way that that's not planned and so it's like but that's what i'm saying i think they're at the end of their secrecy rope you can't like information is democratized now you can't really like there's a ton of they're fighting it by flooding the internet with misinformation now which we're all paying for because all our brains are fucking mush but I think um, the misinformation now is to just feel threatened. I don't think that like this day and age, you need to plant misinformation. I think that the, that you've got the citizens uh, like fighting against each other, no matter what. And yeah. they're just going to provide the misinformation. Well, they do like, it, but you, you can encourage them. You can like co-sign on their posts. You know what I mean? Just as a, as a, as an account faking is you're a person. Like if you I have a friend who uh, he used to have a Twitter bot net, right? He was like a tweet decker. You know what that is? It's like you maintain an array of fake Twitter accounts. So if you have a tweet you want more people to see, you tell your bot network to all like your tweet, and then that ups its rank in the algorithm, and it's more oh, okay. likely to be yeah, put. Yeah, I get that. So it's like you can manipulate the algorithms if you take educated guesses over how it works, which is – more likes, more random views. It changes all but the that's time. What, but. but that, yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's enough people out there who just want to fight that will do that on their own. 
Mm-hmm. So you yeah. barely need to discredit anybody at this point. Like, I mean, science is the enemy to so many people that like, they're just going to fight against all of it, regardless of what you say. Yeah. Is that, you think that's part of it, Willie? That like this, this knee jerk, like anti-vaxxer, like, don't tell me what to do style of citizen is like an intentional creation or is it incidental to the unraveling of society we're all bearing witness to? I personally think that they, that it is intentional and they have infiltrated, you know, when it comes to, and I listen, uh, fucking QAnon and the religious right, the way that they've swept in in the past, I'm going to say only six years, mm-hmm. it hasn't been that long, is so powerful. And it's, I, I, I'm just like, I've never seen anything work so good. I've never, in, in everything that I've researched, I've never seen anybody other than now conspiracies backed by religion going fucking crazy but religion's kind of a conspiracy anyway right where it's like hey we got a book from antiquity and it tells you how to live and if you don't you burn a lake of fire like you're from the midwest too did you feel like latent resentment in the air like these times we're living in it just seems like where do i start making this point so like i watched this this old pbs documentarian i think his name's David Hoffman, maybe he's got a YouTube channel and he's just like, he made documentaries about the boomers as that generation was growing up for PBS. So he talks, he's like reacting to this, like, okay, boomer or boomers have ruined society phenomenon. Right. And he's, he's talking about some things that he doesn't intend to be fascinating, but fascinate me where he's like, when I watch TV, I watch a movie or a show. I'm never not, outside of the TV. I'm watching a little screen from across the room and I'm still me and I'm thinking my thoughts while I'm watching a story play out on a magic box across the room. But he's like, my grandchildren play video games and they are able to achieve a level of immersion with the video playing in front of their eyes that I can't experience. I can't be as immersed in a movie as they are because they their brains were younger and they had electronic media at a younger age. Grew up so that's, with, like his mind growing up was radio plays, whatever, just like his right. mind needed to create. So I think some of this <clears> stuff <throat> where like QAnon takes root, it's, it's a, it's a mechanism by which boomers or maybe an older brain or maybe more paranoid brain can't sync up with the wider perception and need like an ego, a face saving explanation as to why they're out of sync with the rest of their peers. I'm just, but I've seen young people too, and it's blown me away to see how many people have said that, that basically Jesus chose Trump. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's, but that's um, Kid, kids too. And I'm just like, wait, wait. Cause oh. it's, it's the shortest line between it's the, it's the quickest solution to the cognitive dissonance we're like living in. Everyone is drawing their own path. For if A, Y, B, everyone is drawing a different line to that because it doesn't, it doesn't line and up. And he didn't choose Obama in the same sentence. <laughs> right. Okay. It, well, okay. so, I mean, the whole thing is like, have you guys heard of astroturfing? It's like, 
it's it's sort of the it's the it's the non-organic version of um, grassroots. So grassroots is like a a, um, a movement that sort of springs up organically. It's like a small group of people. The idea takes hold, and it sort of like becomes a movement, right? Yeah. So astroturfing is like the fake version of that, where it's so like the Koch brothers, for instance, will. Yeah like go onto Facebook of conservative groups and be like, Oh, this is like, because, because it's about money. Right. And so the, so if there's anything that they don't like, they go, they do like sort of a, a fake grassroots movement that these people buy into because they're evangelicals or whatever. And that yeah. they'll just start carrying your, your message for you, even though yeah. it has nothing to do with these people. Because these people are just you present puppets. you present it to them as if they're buying into something bigger than themselves. That they're totally so. Do. So like like the most recent one is the anti lockdown like protest that we saw, which was mm-hmm. very small, but then like picked up by Fox News and stuff like that, and made to look like a much bigger sort of movement than it was. And that's all just because these billionaires are like losing money because everything shut down. Right. And they're like, we needed to open up. So let's say that like, let's make up something that like all of these, you know, middle-class white people are like losing their jobs or whatever so that we can get them to like take guns to the fucking Capitol building and like demand to open up. Um, so it's like it's it's easy with like the internet and stuff like that. It's 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 so much easier to do because all of these like little microcosm groups are already in place. You just have to go in there and be like, "Oh, hey, did you hear that the Democrats want this, and so yeah. therefore we don't. So let's fight against them." Yeah. Um, I I don't know why we're on this. Well, we're well, just kind of talking about like to what degree can the government start organic conspiracies to, or yeah. Yeah. So, so in this, in this same vein, the whole story of aliens Go on. let's take a break, collect ourselves and get back to the aliens on the other side. Right. Yep. Yep. Really bad movies in association with Craig's fine grocery stores presents a normal family. Billy catch the ball. Billy, catch it. I'm going to throw it. Billy. A possessed knife. Hey, Billy, where'd you get that? Why? Well, because mom wanted wanted to cut some ham that she just cooked, and she doesn't have a knife. She's looking for one. Bring that to mom. This knife turns anyone that touches it into a cold-blooded killer. Mom? What's wrong? The ham's over there. Mom? Mom? Blood Blade 4 Bloodbath You don't need to see the other three To enjoy the thrills And the kills And the chills I wish mommy didn't kill Billy He was cool The knife It has me It has control of me. What are you talking about, Greg? Put that... What are you doing? Greg, put that thing down, man. That's a serious weapon. Greg! Everyone killed everyone. Everyone did it. I don't get it. Wait. Maybe I do. Blood Blade 4. Bloodbath.
half of it is is how do we believe this guy and the other half is if there was higher intelligence in the universe um and they and they were here like could these rings be proof of their existence like this is them operating like we you know like Is this a, is this just intelligence in front of us that we can't see because we can't comprehend that it's intelligence? Is there subtext here that, like, like the man is suggesting we should be worried about this happening at Earth, but it's like, with that Star Trek line of speaking, I was going to say, like, I think they have a vested interest in not making them, making human beings aware to this happening. It's there's a level if it is happening there's a level of obfuscation. I think. Too. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll get into it then. But he he basically sh- says that like, oh, here's some pictures of the moon where they're masking themselves and and they're trying to hide from us, but they aren't going to stop because of us. So we will suffer because of them. That's what he is afraid of. Mm-hmm. But that's not really his point. The point is that, like, their technology. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking at it like a different. We're looking at a, a technological, a species whose technological comings and goings we couldn't understand, so they don't bother checking in with us or making themselves known. He says yeah, they're just yeah. doing whatever they want without. Yeah. And so, and so that's, I'll probably say this again, but like, ultimately, like when we, you know, clear out a forest, like we don't check in with these animals that we have deemed animals because animals is less than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, well, fuck, I don't fucking care what animals die. We're building this Walmart. <laughs> yeah. You think they're building Walmarts out there? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he's afraid of. Is that like. Yeah. Here's proof of a technologically advanced society. NASA has the proof. They're hiding it from us, and we should know because they're going to do it here too. So, but okay, are, we're not recording, but I have a I have a pertinent question. Should I save it till we are recording? Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Real Life Sci-Fi. We're here talking to our friend, illustrator, animator Nolan Fabricus. We're talking about the rings of Saturn, um, and I think I think we're we've exhausted the sort of disinformation. Well, hold, thing. I hold think on. For, for, it's the ring makers of Saturn. But go on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that I guess, I guess that's my question. Like, yeah, I, and I do this a lot with like these conspiracy theories. Um, what is what is what is uh, what is is it Arkham's razor the simplest? What's the simplest? Yeah. What's the simplest explanation? Is probably the correct one. Yeah, Occam, Occam's razor. Occam's razor. Um, why is it not just particles and you know ice? Like, but, why is it not that? But what what if the simpler answer was yeah? There's some other. There's an ancient civilization here that's just doing what they do. Why is that? Well, for one, more that's already immediately more complicated than it's just debris trapped in like a magnetic but field. I think simpler is a weird thing because it's like us. Well, let's not let's not argue simple. <laughs> I just think like you know, well, I, I I don't want to argue simple. I just want to say simple is will be defined by what we know. 
Yeah, our point of view is incredibly limited. Um, so, I don't know, the universe we're perceiving is definitely not the universe as it exists. It's just how it looks from where we're standing. Um, fi figuratively, not literally. But, so like, if, if, uh, if this is a phenomenon that is happening and has been, so that you're, you're, the rings of Uranus thing, it's like, if that, that has changed between the sixties and now is what he's saying when Voyager one went by. Yeah. And now and also though, in the same vein, I mean, like you could argue that technology, yes, but the rings changed between Voyager one and Voyager two. But so just, just knowing geologic time and what we're talking about when we talk about an ancient civilization that like 40 years or 60 years that it's been since 1960 is an absolute negligible amount of time. Like for us to observe something as significant as a planet gaining rings, right? That like the, for that to have changed between 1960 and 2020 is it, it would statistically require us observing it to be the impetus for it happening. Does that but, make sense? But it, it, it does. But the, but the problem here is, so let's take academia, right? When you are releasing information and you are the expert, if somebody disagrees with you, you can kind of just say, oh, this guy's wrong because he's stupid. None of us agree with him. I know that there are, you know, through peer-reviewed journals and, and whatnot. So, like, my best example of this is Richard Dolan. NASA hired Richard Dolan to analyze the, the area of Cydonia on Mars. When he analyzed it, they basically said, oh, this guy's a crackpot because there are not pyramids here. This is not a face. So, so what is the catch-22? Who's right here? Who do you believe? They hired him because of his expertise, and his expertise made them say, you're not an expert. So did they, was there like a campaign to discredit him after this? Or was it, was it just, I guess that they just kind of refute his findings or did they actively try to dismantle his life after that point? They, I don't, I, I'm not actually sure, but I know that they've never, after he said all this stuff, they just, they just kind of didn't support him. They just kind of went mm. silent. They didn't actively say he's wrong. They just didn't say anything. That's my understanding. I could be wrong. So if... But they hired him to do it. If and the his, Earth is it, like 4 billion years old, and presume I don't know how old Uranus is. We'll, we'll just use Earth as a, as a ballpark. If Uranus is 4 billion years old, and the first images we're able to get from further out in our solar system are of a no-ring Uranus. And then 60 years later, we've got fledgling rings on it. That 60 years is nothing compared to the, the time Uranus has existed and been you know, able to have been generated rings. But this is him looking at photos of a satellite that's passing by the planet. This isn't like from Earth pictures. No, I know, but what I'm saying is... If rings are being generated around Uranus 
than they were in the sixties, but they are now. Oh yeah, that's it's a weird it's weird to line up then with it's, our then time it's of observing. It's happening because we are observing it, like statistically, yeah. because they yeah. could have done it at any point. That it's makes weird. more sense than they just happen to time it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, isn't that just we couldn't see them, and then we could? Like, that's Occam's razor. But like, well, but isn't that also what you're saying? I mean, what you know, what's more likely that the rings formed in the six years we were looking at them, or that they were always there and we couldn't see them? I yeah, I think there's an electric phenomenon happening because they've released photos of Saturn's rings that aren't the visible rings, but are. And that's that's recent, and this is yeah. some gigantic uh, it dwarfs, ionizing rings yeah, at millions it of miles. Everything that is visible to the naked eye, the, it like so like there is some phenomenon happening that isn't understandable at a at a glance, or as we have understood it up to this point in history. And I think the guy is appropriately maybe sounding alarms about it, but I also think, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sort of lost be... in the ether of like theory and various theories. I don't know anything about this. Uh, let's get back to a more tangible, like what's this oh. guy's name? Tom Bergeron. Eh. <laughs> let me throw this. Let me throw this idea out there because it's really, it, I, I, I can't get it off my brain and this is all in the same vein. So, so Stephen Greer, talks about how Neil deGrasse Tyson is being used as a tool for this secret government because of how he talks about COVID. So this is a weird fucking timely bullshit. What the fuck are you talking about thing? But Neil deGrasse Tyson, here he is this rock and roll scientist. He did the reboot of the cosmos, you know, Carl Sagan's uh, baby. And um, um, he recently said something like this, where it was just like, Hey, we should fight COVID the way we would fight aliens where we all, we all get together as a species. And it's, and and it's, it's weird to me because I'm like, yo dude, you should be the last guy to say we should team up and fight aliens. But he probably is referencing a movie. He's gotta be referencing something from culture. That's too, he would, that's a weird, but it's a it's weird for him to 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 say what. Let's say he's let's say he's referencing a movie. The only movie he could be referencing would be Independence Day, and he's not referencing that. There's not some side movie that we all missed, you know. And so it's weird because I'm like, here you are saying, sure, we all got to fight COVID, sure, but like the way that we would fight aliens, I'm like, dude, you should be the first guy to say because it, it, it's almost like you're using racism to like support your point yeah man fuck, <laughs> fuck these fucking kind aliens because they're probably wrong and they're probably gonna kill us it's a it's so fucking weird and it makes me go oh it makes more sense that that was fed to him than he came up with it because i think that he can be brilliant i think that's a smart guy trying to speak a layperson's language that's where i think the weirdness comes where he's like everyone likes independence day what what would the, what would a, a an nfl fan what would it take to get an nfl fan to side with this with a whiny okay. libtard on the point of COVID? i accept what? i accept your i do accept that yeah i mean i totally also think that it's like him it's it's 
I couldn't comprehend I mean, he's, that before. He's got to be a smart guy, right? And it's him trying to dumb down this argument. An and argument sm- that, like, he probably shouldn't even... And smart guys again. are the worst at talking to dumb people. Yeah, no, that's why Trump is president. <laughs> they hate hearing smart people's opinions so much. They're like, we're going to hire the dumbest person to be everyone's boss. Because to me, that, that that's the same statement. Be like, hey, we, we should all get in the same pickup truck and, and everyone get your guns and shoot these fucking aliens for, like COVID. What? <laughs> Whatever. Well, I mean, that's but then that's the perfect statement, right? <laughs> but he's he's smart enough to know that like humans aren't going to all be on the same. You watch that South Park episode where Cartman freezes himself because he doesn't want to wait for the GameCube to come out or something, and he oh, wakes up and uh. he's the time child, and then <laughs> it's like all all factions on Earth are ag- agnostic or atheist. None of them believe in God. So they should all be on the same team, but they are still somehow not. There's like humans will never all be of the same mind on any topic. You'll never humans will never team up as they do in the end of Independence Day. I I don't know if I've ever admitted this, but I loyally stopped watching South Park when they didn't hire Wade. Was that before the Time Child episode, Wade? Uh, Not if it was a GameCube thing. There's no way. Yeah, it was like 2006 or something. I remember what apartment I was living in. Then I must have seen it. Here's what I want to get into. If there's high intelligence in, let's just say, in our galaxy, would we perceive it? No. Hard no. I mean, it, it's a hard no for me too. But what, I mean, what's your answer, Wade? I mean, well, but we're, I mean, we're we're talking hypothetical, so there's no correct answer, right? I mean, like, I have no idea what a higher life form would look like. Like, but that is evidence to that's evidence to our take. We we wouldn't know what it looks like. We wouldn't know what we're looking for. Like, and so this this is the first time I've ever said, "Oh shit!" The Ringmakers of Saturn is the first time I've said that that this could be the evidence. Yeah. Because, because listen, when we put up a gas station, we don't fucking care what any animal thinks. And as far as the type of different uh, civilizations that exist, this is on par with them not giving a fuck about us. Hey, we did this thing. And mm-hmm. then even, even our scientists could interpret it all wrong because we, I mean, I, I keep saying that our science is wrong. And and all I mean to say is that our perception of the universe is based basically on us not understanding the other dimensions of string theory that have only come out to the laypersons within the last 20 years. But so if if what you're suggesting is NASA is aware that this is happening and, and is hiding it from us. Only because because there's no way we could get into a conversation about the ringmakers of Saturn and not have it fuck over our model of society. I'm not saying that it would crumble. I'm saying NASA is still like sending rovers to Mars and stuff. It's like, would NASA's mission not fundamentally change to the point where they would stop doing every other operation and try to crack this question? My biggest parallel of what you're talking about is the French declared that there was um, water on, I, I forget now because it's been so long. It was either water on Mars or water on the moon, mm-hmm. like a year before, we, before NASA declared it. And we didn't accept their declaration because the mission was already set. 
And so not until NASA declared it was it fact, even though the French said they, I mean, the French declared it. Yeah. And so, and so like, to me, it's like, yeah, how are you going to stop this mission from happening? Be, and, and, and my answer is within every space mission, there is secret military missions constantly, even if it's just releasing a satellite into orbit that nobody else knows about it. Like, like the, like NASA used to be a, a quote unquote public company. And they used to tell, they used to, they used to state what their payloads were. If you go to the, the, the science center down here by, by USC, mm-hmm. they show you every launch. There's a picture of every launch and they tell you what the payload is. And then the last 20 years, they're like top secret, top secret, top secret. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're constantly releasing satellites for secret military. And so even if NASA agreed that the French were right, they didn't agree with them because they had their own agenda. And so the yeah. whole thing is, is it doesn't matter that there's water there. They've known forever, but, but it's not, their missions aren't about the water. It's about the sea. It's who's paying them. They're getting paid by secret military, secret government. So what you're saying is if NASA's mission had fundamentally changed to the point where they need to crack the the ringmakers of Saturn. They need to know why that's happening and what it means for humans in the solar system. Uh, they are doing that, but they're doing it on the back of the public-facing stuff, yes. which is sending scrubs to the – what did we just do? Send them to the space station? Yeah. SpaceX shit? Yeah, I'm glad that you that both Wade, you and Nolan like can interpret everything that I try to say because I'm, but yeah, exactly that. that well, like, so but but my question is, what's wrong with that? Like, I don't need to know what every fucking military mission is. Um, I you know I would just say that like you're yeah, happy being a micro be- knowing. The, the bigger macros out there and the, the influence of micro unit on the macro can have is negligible. So you'd rather be ignorant, blissfully ignorant. Um, not, to, not, I'm not, that, I don't mean that as an no, insult. No, no, listen, no, I agree with you. Like, I, yes, yes is the answer because I don't concern myself with these things because I don't believe that any of them will ever affect me in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. In the same way that like a military, you know, mission i don't know any of these military missions um i know that they're happening constantly does that mean that they're all nefarious and against me or disinformation in some way or i mean they're trying to overthrow governments to maintain capitalism probably um so these so these nasa missions that are like oh we're gonna like send some people up into the space station or whatever. And then also they're like doing something that I don't know. It has very little effect on me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of like, okay, cool. You can check out of it. You can willfully check out of that anxiety trap. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of it too. It's like, I have anxiety problems. I don't need to worry about things that are completely out of my control yeah. any more than I already do. So and it's weird because my anxiety problems arise from 
me trying to, in my mind, represent civilization. And so, so capitalism, I would say, is keeping us from joining the galactic community. And, and the money will always keep us from technological advancements secretly. And also, like, like, for example, this is the dumbest thing ever, but like, they've basically shown that tardigrades can survive in space. That, that is a mind-blowing fact that there is something that exists that can exist in space. And so... Some of the cantina aliens in Star Wars could survive in the vacuum of space. Yeah. I can't remember what they're called. I, I, he, this is the thing, and this is the the nature of conspiracies. This is this is putting a bow on on uh, ten years of real life sci fi. How long have you guys been a show? I think five or six, five or six years. Okay. That why you're compelled by conspiracies is a big is a big tell. That like I can look back on that phase of my life where I was obsessing about 2012 ending, and I can tell you. I didn't feel like I had control over my own life. I was being crushed in the gears of capitalism and feeling like I knew something that John Q. Public didn't know elevated me above it, right? And I lost months of sleep staying up, worrying about shit I saw on alienship.com. And and I sympathize with Wade where it's like, you can decide or a person can decide to heap as much of this flavor of anxiety on your plate as you can stomach, right? There's plenty of it there and all of it is engineered. Well, not all of it is engineered, but we we've seen since Trump has been president, the ways they can do this. You can demoralize a political base by astroturfing, right? By making the opposition seem bigger and stronger and more driven than, your view. AstroTurfing has done the same thing to me since the, I don't know, I kind of left the alien shift world behind. Uh, it's right. your your latent level of anxiety in your head kind of lends itself to this, um, this stuff. Do you guys read the 34th Parallel? You know that book? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't know anything about it. It's like tracking all this phenomena. Skinner Walker Ranch is like on that latitude, 34 latitude. I think it's the Mason-Dixon line, but west of the um, west of the Civil War theater, you know, out where it becomes the west, through Colorado, that's where all the cattle mutilations happen. And Skinner Walker Ranch in New Mexico, it's like that four corners of Colorado, Arizona. Yeah, and, 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 and the, you know, and pyramid, and all the pyramids are on that too, right? Right. And it's, it's all very interesting. And then it, it feels like a, a, a book that takes itself and its subject matter very seriously. And then the end of it is like this joke about redaction. It's like they start redacting things in the book you bought. To, it's like, it was such a slap in the face. And it felt like, this author it's like at knew, the end of a TV show when they wake up and it's all a dream. Yeah, or they start like the final conflict is happening and the and they start feeding you TV snow. You've watched the whole show waiting to see how the plot resolves, and once the the two main characters are finally in the duel, 
they start feeding you TV snow and it's outrageous. It's like, it, it was the most maddening thing I've ever seen because it felt like the author knew as a reader, I give a shit about this topic and they're hyping me up and they're immersing me and I'm buying it and I'm following along. And these are all real people and they've been cut out of their jobs. There was like a sheriff in Colorado who's like, job is to like follow up on cattle mutilations and yeah it's like you want to know what happens to him and you want to know what he finds at the end of the book and then the author is like it doesn't matter all this is stupid it was like the biggest gut punch and and just in i was incensed when i read that book and it it just felt like they were using my interest in the subject matter just to get the sale and that was it just to tell me not to care about that subject matter right it it uh i don't know the the concept of conspiracies like what like i don't know man watching all these high level military people like work in trump's cabinet and then six months later to be like turns out the guy is a fucking unreasonable maniac it's like yeah we've known that since the 80s They're, they're pretending to learn it now because they have an interest in holding their government together. But it's also like, I don't have a ton of faith that these are the people that can pull the strings behind the curtain indefinitely. Well, and so that, that that's the thing is like with all this stuff, I think that's a conversation that we always have. Is it possible for someone to be pulling the strings? And I'm like, you know, everyone always says, Oh, well, <laughs> It's not possible because somebody would spill the beans. And and my response is, well, no one is told about the beans and the people that are spilling it are, are they are spilling it and it's lost on YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. you've got whistleblowers that like, like take um, um, Snowden, for example. I would say, I would say 75% of Americans don't even think that he whistle blew anything. Well, it, the thing about Snowden is that it's like when he came out with that stuff, me and my friends were like, ob- obviously, like we presumed this stuff existed anyway. Yeah. You know? I mean, didn't we all as a society? I mean, remember like in the 80s, you, but there was this general thought that, like, if you said bomb on the phone, that the government would start listening to you. Mm-hmm. And everyone just sort of accepted that. And so but, when he came out and he said, like, oh, yeah, this is all true. I think a lot of us were just like, yeah, duh. Well, I, I, <laughs> duh, I, dude, I, enjoy I your mean, life I mean, here's, out. here's my thing is I feel like like people that are open to that idea already were already knew about it but I don't feel like most of America is on that page. He's still enemy yeah, number that's one. Probably true. He's still enemy number one. Like, like, and, and I know that a TV show would only, they interview a bunch of people and only the people that have the best stupid answers are the ones that they would put on their show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, I, I, I have been appalled at how many people have said on shows that I've seen that like, Oh yeah, he he should be convicted. He revealed enemy. He revealed secrets to the enemy. He's so. I had a I have a friend who worked at JPL, right, Jet Propulsion Laboratories, and there's a lot of classified stuff going there. But the thing I found the most interesting was that they said um, 
that the building leaks like crazy. Every building on the JPL campus leaks like crazy when it rains. Um, And the computers and data systems are property of Lockheed. That the government doesn't fund its own aerospace interests well enough where you contract with a private company to, to handle that aspect of it. So I'm weirdly more inclined to, te- to believe capitalists are keeping lids on things and in sparking the government seems underfunded and incompetent in so many ways, but capitalists, I don't have that um, reservation about capitalists. I know are fucking cutthroat by nature and sharks and capable of horrible. This is, I'm glad you brought this up because this is the craziest thing that, that, Norm talked about, and I don't remember which interview I, I saw him say this on, but he was like, if you want to know anything, you have to talk to the to the contractors because they're doing the stuff. Yeah. And they know everything. They but they're keeping secret because that is their money. You know, Lockheed Martin and Skunk Work, they keep the secrets because it is their it is their lifeblood. If the government, the and the government money has got to be the best money in the world because they're so bad about it. Mm-hmm. So well, why would say you, that about government health insurance that it's the best health insurance in the world? Have you guys heard yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're we're not really breaking new ground here. I mean, you, you guys are just talking about the military-industrial complex, right? Like, what? yeah. Well, yeah, I guess in just the, the age-old question of where that ends and um, conspiracy begins. Because my point is it's on each of us to police our own brains so we don't become a QAnon person, right? You have to know when you're swallowing poison pills. Yeah. Right? And and also, I mean, my, the, the hardest thing for me is to not get into an argument with every single religious comment i see where i'm like whoa 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 like where they blatantly say he's the ruler chosen chosen by jesus i'm just like that's i mean that's the thing is like you can't i'm i've been off facebook for two years because you can't you cannot reason with that mind that is a jonestown cult member and so and so that's the thing that's blowing me away is is in this realm of if these if these species exist that are galactic minded, right? Mm-hmm. From everything that I've seen, and I know that I, that our brains can't comprehend these civilizations, but it but like it leads me down the realm of um, sure psychics, sure astral projection, telepathy, anything my mind can think that like my mind, the energy coming out of my mind thinking is actually something that. Uh, can be interpreted on that plane, you know? And so mm-hmm. it leads me down the path of, and I don't know if this is right, but like, well, if you like the way to fix everything is to, is to get yourself connected into what you believe in the most. And that, that's a slippery slope because mm-hmm. if you believe yeah. in God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the opposite of what your message should be. Right. Because well, yeah, like yeah. if whatever you believe in could be wrong. And so don't, don't believe in that. Like without. Have you guys ever done an episode on um, the book of Enoch? 
Well, I, I bring it, I brought it up. We had a friend on recently um, who his dad was a pastor and I, I brought it, that up because we were talking about like the weapons, supernatural weapons of the Bible, but the book of Enoch is, uh, I've, I've mentioned it. We've never done an episode on it. Yeah. That's, I should have, I should have thought of that as a topic. Cause that is, that bridges all this stuff, right? That was repurposed as a religious text when it's, it's kind of an alien abduction, uh, description like angels yeah. aren't angels aren't in the bible but they're in the book of enoch but the the council of nicaea uh 86 the book of enoch it's a it's apocrypha it was it was cut out of what would become the bible at that point yeah uh, but but ancient christianity believed that they read that book as yeah but the enochian angels were fucking human beings which is why it was cut out of Christianity because you couldn't have celestial beings attracted to mortal humans. Yeah. So I, I don't neither here nor there, but book of Enoch is, is a fascinating bridge between well, uh, it's a, it's aliens a, and religion. It's a weird well, it thing, kinda, but it kind of like, so here's, here's like you, this is like a theme, especially with aliens and talking about aliens, like to, to say that like, the Council of what is it? Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, they yeah they determine which books created the Bible. Going okay. So to say that like they took out one of these things because of this thing doesn't that also like validate the? I think that the Bible is just myths and and like uh, you know um, myths, fables, cautionary tales, yeah, yeah, cautionary tales, stuff like that. Like, and so to say that they like invalidated one thing didn't include it in the Bible almost means that like the Bible is a valid thing, right. In our world. Well, it's a, va- it's a valid thing as a tool for social control. Yeah. So, it's, so that's the thing. So like, like in the same vein, right. So, so that just means that like this other kind of made up thing didn't fit in with their agenda. That doesn't make yeah. it legitimate. No, it right, means- right, right. But it is interesting that the, like the, the book of Mary Magdalene, for example. Yeah. She, the people she, of antiquity had, they were observing the same kind of bizarre shit we were observing and had a different flavor of expressing it. Like their interpretation of an alien abduction is God's coming down and having sex with. Uh, yeah. Or a wheel. <laughs> right, in, right. What but do this, they say? That, this, that wheel, wheel within wheels. A wheel within a wheel is like, that's a saucer. That's a. Right. That's like, but, uh, yeah, I, I I get your point, Wade. And, and yes, yes. Well, no, but, it, but hang on. Let me finish my point. Like it leads back to specifically Willie and your beliefs, because some episodes you'll say that you believe that these aliens are benevolent and that they're here to help us. And then now there's now we're talking about the rings of Saturn and that this guy's trying to warn us against these aliens because then they're going to put rings around our planet and ruin us. So um, which is it? Like, do you like, I mean, I mean, so, so it's, it's, I believe that they are benevolent, but they will, they, but they will never be here to help us. And, 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 and until we prove that we are worthy of their help in the same way that like, we're not going to go help this spotted owl until they're almost extinct, you know? Okay. I, I know it's no, a bad yeah. parallel. No, no, but so like, are are 
Are the benevolent ones different than these ones who are putting rings around Saturn? I, I, I mean, I, my answer is no. And I, my, my thing is, is that um, if I think that life in the universe, you, your species needs to prove that. Cause, cause I, I mean, let's say we, we get spaceships and we get technology and we go onto the next planet. If there's a creature there and they're in the way of our gold, they're dead. And I'm, I'm not going to say that benevolent species are policing us, but if you're a benevolent species, you're going to stop an infestation from happening. And so like, I believe life, we should, we should let life live. But if an infestation is going to kill you, like mice and mice are rat infestation, then you got to kill the infestation. And we are that until we prove that we're not. And so it doesn't matter if they're benevolent or not. We are pieces of shit. We don't want to be. We don't want to be. I'll co-sign that. But if we get to Mars and there's gold there and there's some sloth that's actually smarter than us, we're going to kill the sloth to get the gold. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can't pretend like we don't have like protected species and protected like forests and stuff like that. We're we're we're, moving in the right direction. But if you look at, I I mean, it seems like every time I, I, you know, every breath I bring up Trump, but all the EPA things that he's undone are so that corporations can make money. And they're actually like, we're, Everything's terrible. Okay, but right. that's yeah, but that's like Trump and whatever. Like I think as a species, we are aware of the other species and we don't want to wipe them out. But mo- I would say most people would disagree with most of the EPA things that he's dropped, but we still haven't we still have allowed that to happen. Well, now you're talking politics and executive orders and like voting and I but, like But if you're looking if you're looking from the outside of of humanity we are allowing it to happen we all agree that it's okay because it's happening we we haven't we haven't stopped injustices from happening on that level and we, we if 90% of the people disagreed with it but it still happened then then we still all it's still all okay from us from the outside well, were the, well, that uh, just means, but that just means that the aliens are stupid. Like, do you think there were Europeans who, who um, objected to the Crusades or the the Crusade that happened in their lifetime? Like, like, yes, I think that I think that most of the masters, um, like, I don't, I don't know, time, you know, but like, like the masters that were like Da Vinci and, and these, these painters that were like trying to tell the story. If they disagree, they were smart enough to disagree with it, but also smart enough to not disagree with it publicly. Well, yeah, right. Because you had a social control on a, on a, on a visceral level, right? You could, you could be inquisitored for not believing in God hard enough, but so I'm that's why the, this weird... we remember those wars through history as like senseless and stupid. But we don't give the citizenry of that era the same benefit of the doubt. Like, we, if we all objected to the invasion of Iraq in 2003, but it still happened, history remembers the time we inhabited as this bonehead dipshit 
needless war happening, right? Where like if if we're being observed in real time by intelligent species, uh, I guess hopefully we get credit for <laughs> making a stink about the Iraq war when it was happening. No, I mean, I think that's kind of my point. If these aliens are so smart, then they would realize that like the actions of our leaders does not represent all yeah. of us signing off. On. But, but I, I would say the smartness is, Hey, I'm not going to do anything because sure. People don't want to kill all these people, but they did. They allowed it to happen. So I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to abduct them. I'm not going to question them. I'm just like, I'm going to sit back and watch because time isn't a thing for me. And a thousand years from now, uh, what are they doing in a thousand years? Yeah, but I'm I'm asking all of this under the the topic, which is that we need to watch out for these ring makers because they're going to come make rings around the Earth. Yeah, right? if they if they install a gas station around planet Earth that it ends up killing us, like, what do we do about that? Well, but also, like, what is their motivation? Do they not care about like that's 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 where I started. Like, are they benevolent? Do they care about us? Or do they just care about like setting up gas stations around planets? There's so too many. Can... There's too many hypothetical days, right? And there's too much lore. There's too much unconfirmed lore that muddies the waters to answer that question. Like, like if your nature is like Willie, and to presume there's a, a galactic understanding and, and a tier of intergalactic society where you can be accepted into the council or good graces of the other species of your galactic neighborhood, then um then that's one thing i but that's but that's exactly what i'm what i'm saying and what i i am i know that this is all this is all academic we're just talking mm-hmm. about this shit because none of us really know anything i'm just asking willie's perspective on like if these guys fit into this idea that they're benevolent at what at what point do they become a threat to us i but i think for right now, if this if if they were to come right now, we are still rats, and so they are a threat to us because they will not care if we die. Because there are billions of society of civilizations in the universe, we haven't proven that we're worthy of being saved yet. We may, we might. We st- I think that we still have time, and that's my whole thing. This is why this, this is why I have this like detriment in my mind about all of this. Is it always comes down to the same fucking topic, no matter what the topic is? Is that like we are losing right now because we aren't making the right decisions as a civilization? Well, then let me walk you back off of that because we've talked about it enough. What happened to Mars? Like, did they? So they had. Volcanoes, rivers. Yeah, there's a new, there's a new, um, there's a new plot point there where I think the latest rover detected actual, uh, like an earthquake, so that they know the core of Mars is convecting and generating right. That's tectonic material, tectonic forces. So Mars does have an active core. It has a very weak magnetic field. Um, I think the presumption is solar winds still swept all the water off the surface. I, I, I think the working theory was ha- at least halfway debunked. Here's my, 
here's my theory, and I'm I'm listen, I'm dumb as rocks, but here's what I believe. This is a made up Willie only theory. I believe that um um we humans existed on Mars. The pyramids are real. Um, a, 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 a weird planet or something came in and collided with Mars and created the asteroid belt. That's not an unformed planet. I don't think there's enough stuff there to be a planet in the, well, whatever. So something collided with Mars. There's an asteroid belt from, that was left over from that collision. And if you look at Mars, half of the planet is smooth and the other half has got a giant scar in it and it's all fucking ripped up. And that's because the, the other half is smooth because all the volcanoes on that side fucking spewed out from the collision and it all smoothed over, whereas the other side's ripped up. And so I think that we went from Mars to Earth and that so many years have passed and so much technology and ideas have been lost from this weird... Uh, we've, we have a few leaders controlling all of us. We've lost this information on whether it be on accident or on purpose, uh, I, I do believe that the the binary system of Sirius affects the way that we perceive the universe. And I do believe in dark ages and golden ages and that we are in a dark age because we are disconnected from the universe as we used to be connected from to it. And so humanity is a leftover story. All of the old stories talk about sure constellations and, and but the flood and all this stuff, we we went from Mars to Earth, and and there are watchers. The Book of Enoch talks about the watchers, the people that were watching over us, and that those people are a race of beings that are, we are part of some consciousness test, or c- could we even be a slave race that it was meant to mine gold? And that our masters actually died. I don't know. Through all that stuff, I think that we existed on Mars. We came to Earth. We lost connection to our past. And now that we're seeing evidence of civilizations that are technologically advanced, are the people that are aware of that know that they lose everything if we become aware of that. And do you, do you read much science fiction? I did as I did uh, a long time ago. I don't read much anymore. So like there's different I think L. Ron Hubbard was sort of a dumb guy because all of his alien races and all of his, the specifics of his sci-fi was rooted on Earth. Systems to this is where I draw the line. L. Ron Hubbard was a genius, (laughs) but you listen to uh Vonnegut talk about aliens, and they're truly alien and they're hard to understand from a human mind, right? That, like, I don't think I don't think whatever is going on outside of the earth is interpretable from an earth. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So like, it's hard, it's hard to concisely say like, what do you believe? What do you think is out there? Because the framing it would take to, to know or to even wrap your head around it is this, beyond what we're. I, I love that you say that. Cause I, I also, I always think there's no way we can know. And I think that some ancient human civilizations forget about Mars that maybe they, they like, they've just disappeared without a trace. Maybe they, 
left Earth. I, I right. believe that's possible. Or so, like, I was blown away. I read um, The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Le Guin. She did the Earthsea books. But she was like, in her cosmology, dozens and dozens of planets were seeded with the base level human. Yeah. And then humans who invent spacefaring technologies, now it's their job to reverse engineer who created humans, who seeded these worlds with humans. Every world with humans on it have a different tale they tell themselves about their creation and their, their why for existing. It's just like we can't know. We're like fucking dog shit dance. Uh, but I, I think that there is a chance that we could know by connecting our consciousness to the universe. Uh, that is, it's a beautiful notion. It's so abstract. It, it left me in the dust exactly. But because everyone was Cleopatra, probably not. Wait, you lost me again there. Uh, everybody who has a, uh, 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 you know, a, a ancient version of, uh, Oh, former lives. A former, because yeah, everyone's yeah. former life was Cleopatra. I go, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe we're wrong about that too. Uh, I, I really like reading science fiction, and then once you read someone who's like really blows your mind, you're like, oh, the other guy fucking sucks. Like, Warren yeah. Hubbard shit is like so, <clears throat> so two dimensional. It's so bad. And but I think that mo- I, what's weird is I think most of our of our current archaeology and science is two dimensional. And I'm like, you don't, you don't even ponder any other version. Yeah. It couldn't, it couldn't be any other way though, because we're part of it. We're, we're looking at existence from the bottom up where when you describe other aliens, they'd be able to see it from air quotes, the top down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where we have to learn about it from being inside of it. And that's extremely uh, tough. Like, so some of my questions that I had about these rings of Saturn, right? Like, okay, fuel could be one idea. What if, what if, um, the idea was spreading the, the plasma around the planet was to spread light around the dark side in the same way that we have light night lamps all over the city, you know, what if it was just to defect, def- deflect light to the dark side so that there was something inhabiting that planet and they needed some light. Yeah, that's it. Um, was that from his talk, or is that a will? No, theory? this is me. It isn't me. I'm coming up with shit. Um, one idea to me was uh, to identify intelligence. It's like, hey, uh, you know, the same way that we're sending out radio signals to be like, hey, we're here. Here's a here's a satellite that we sent out with a gold record on it. What if it was, hey, this is not natural. Here's some uh, rings around us. If you guys can see us, come say hi. And we're just so dumb that we can't, whatever. Um, one, one idea to me is that, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. What if it was, it is just the gas station. It's a galactic gas station. So, uh, you know, you look for the Sinclair, uh, symbol on any gas station. Uh, there's some rings. I'm going to go get some gas. Um, because plasma probably is the fuel of galactic travel. But fuel is an idea. Burning and consuming is something that's so... Well, it wouldn't be plasma, right? The plasma's job is to conduct the electricity in the ring. So it's like, as I understood it, and I did not read the book, but the theory would be that the plasma makes... The ring is is now a, a 
electricity generator. Oh yeah, yeah, and you get the pl- it, you get the electricity from the plasma. Yeah, but you're generating electricity on such a macro level that it's it, it's interesting that it wouldn't be nuclear or dark matter. That it's still the electricity that we we use and our it's just massive amounts of it. Yeah, I, I mean it's funny because like I constantly ask myself why. Why am I talking about anything? <laughs> <laughs> you guys getting fireworks tonight? Uh, that's not yet. My neighbor's blown up. We will. Uh, one one interesting side note. Um, um, Norman saw pictures of because he's seen these. He's seen UFO crafts on Earth in person and he's seen pictures of them and he's like, what, you know, we shouldn't call them UFOs because I've identified them. These are the ring makers of Saturn. These cigars and these orbs are the same UFOs that are here on earth. And, um, he's seen pictures with seven foot aliens with black skin coming out of them. Um, it's just, it's just interesting because after everything he said, he's seen pictures of, UFO craft with seven foot black people coming out of them. It's also weird too. Like it makes me inclined to believe him, but maybe that's the tactic that he's not saying he saw the aliens. He's saying he's seen photos. He says that over and over again. He's like, I've seen photos of this thing. And she's like, who made the ship? And he's like, well, I don't know who made the ship. And I was like, if he was, if he was a scammer, he would purport to have that answer, right? That's like a simple Right, and so he's above top secret. They send him photos to ask his opinion. That's that's the best thing that I've heard from anybody ever of was listening to him talk about like, well, my job wasn't to come up with anything. My job was you send me weird photos of shit and I give you my interpretation of what it is. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, like what do you do with the smart people of humanity? Hey, what what is this, bro? Hey, bro, you're still smart. What is this? Okay, thanks, man. Don't tell anybody anything. Yeah. And so he gave me the perspective of there are some people that that's it. Look at this picture. What is it? Okay. Well, there, he's just like a, a, a bystander, right? He's like nothing's for sale. He's just a bystander who saw some fucked up shit and did his own like reverse engineering of what he observed and made the conclusions he's made, but he's not purporting to have any hard answers. He's just like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's ultimately why I like him because it's like, he's like, Hey, don't twist what I'm saying. He's constantly like that. I didn't say that. Um, okay, why don't we wrap it up? Uh, hey, hey, you're getting scratchy real quick. Is that a normal phenomenon? That was crazy. Yeah, it's just a weird connection thing. A little touch fixes it. Go on. Let's wrap it up. Do you guys have any final thoughts on uh, Tom Bergeron's Saturn rings? <laughs> uh, uh, you... Uh, you want to go first or second, Nolan? I don't. I don't. I, I don't have any final thoughts. It, I really wish I had read the book, and I probably will. There's like an audiobook version of it we found on YouTube, but it's 
it's read by a, a, a text-to-speech robot voice. So. But half the pronunciation's fucking wrong, and it's 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 infuriating. Uh, my my only closing thoughts are. Um, nobody can be right about anything. And so I don't want to say what's the point of trying to figure anything out. I want to say there is a point to us trying to figure out who humanity should be in space. Let's assume that every planet has species on it so that we can ponder how we would interact with them. Because our presence in the universe is a fucking stain right now. We are worse than rats. In the history of humans, we have, we have done nothing but bad things to good humans. And, and why should we be allowed to talk to anybody else in the universe. And, and most people want to be good. It's just that we have rulers. It's just that we have leaders. And so these leaders don't represent us. We want them to. We pay them to. Turns out they're getting paid more by somebody else. So my only closing thoughts are, it matters. You can't just be a good person. We have to have good leaders. And where does that start? We need to create rules for leaders breaking rules. That's all. Co-signed. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you ask me, this is all this is all just People are afraid because nobody knows what the point of life is. It's all justification to figure out what the point of life is. And there is no point and there are no aliens and there is no God. So we make up things that comfort us. And uh, all of this is a part of it. And yeah, be better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> be best. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. If you're a Patreon subscriber, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. If you want to be a Patreon subscriber, go to patreon.com slash real life sci-fi. Hit us up. Tweet at us, real life sci-fi one at Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Send us an email, Wade and Willie at gmail.com. Nolan, do you have a uh, Twitter or anything that you want to uh, uh Yeah, I'm Shipless Hobo on Twitter. It's all piss and vinegar about politics lately, so maybe don't follow me. I don't know. Uh <laughs> illustrator animator i got i got art up at nolanfabricus.com the spelling's tricky but i'm sure it's in the episode description yep yeah uh yeah it, it, when you when you look at it it looks like it could be fabricius <laughs> <laughs> yeah fabricius fabricius i've heard them all all right well thanks so much for being here um we're going to continue talking in the bonus episode uh so stay tuned for that and in the meantime Remember that just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>